beep. Kill you with truth afternoons. My homeboys, Nate Jackson and Chad Brown. I'm back from the Valley talking to Sean Payne. What do you guys want to know? You should ask me a question to kick things off. What, what, what do you need to know? What is the feeling in the Broncos facility right now? What's it feeling like? It's just really just yeah. You know, is that a word? Yeah. How do you spell it, though? It's a feeling, it's an emotion. Spell it P, silent P, N Y H U. Okay. Like pneumonia. No, that's not even close to pneumonia, but <laughs> but it is a silent P because it's of Greek origins. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just a feeling of, I don't know, man. Like, there's no excitement around there. There's there's nothing to rally the guys around, but it is a Wednesday. It's a work day. I don't want to overblow things, uh, but, you know, what do you do with a 1-5 in five team? Any optimism? Anything like that? From who? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I saw a clip, and it might have been on your Twitter account, Darren. And it talked, and, and Sean Payton was talking about the Detroit Lions last year, how they were one and six at one point, lost a bunch of close games, then figured it out. There's yeah. a, it's a fine line between a rut and a groove. He did say he that. Said that right? He did say that. So he maybe, say that. maybe that's a, that is clearly the message he's delivering to his team. There is optimism in the building, DMac, just not with you. There's a speech being made by Sean Payton, right? Using an example from last year from Dan Campbell, who is a coach everybody can rally around because right. he is relentlessly enthusiastic. Okay. There's. That, I guess, if you're going there. So you're not seeing the tie between the Lions situation and the Broncos situation. I think Sean Payton would like to see that right, right. connection. He's trying to make that tie, but you do not see that tie. I just don't see how these guys are connecting to Sean Payton. I, yeah. I just don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sean does love these press conferences. The PR people for the Broncos, they just stand back. Sean's just done whatever he's done, and he likes to kind of go on. And boy, oh boy, does he love... Any kind of deeper sort of analysis of whatever, of life. Like, he's like, keep this to the Packers. And I'm like, all right, I'll keep it to the Packers. But then he's, you know, opining about all sorts of uh, things. He, he, he doesn't shy away from it. And he likes to tell you when you have a good question. And I did get shouted down a little bit. And I was going to ask a follow-up about the quarterback situation. I got, God, I hate it when I get shouted down. Because I got a loud damn voice. But my question was going to be... Is there any scenario where you would move on to a different quarterback who gives you a better chance to win? Because the questioning was moving away from the Packers to other stuff. So I will throw that at you guys. What do you think the situation would have to be to move on to Jared Sidham away from Russell Wilson? I got a follow-up for y'all after that. Last four or five weeks of the season, uh, things continue as they are. Maybe there's a win or two sprinkled in there. Um, and it's clear that Russell Wilson's not going to be a Bronco in 2024. And let's see what we have in Jared Stidham. And we've done some evaluation with the rest of the players on the offense with Russell Wilson under center over the next uh, six, seven weeks. I think it could happen sooner, and I think it will. I think it'll happen after the bye week if they go into the bye, what, one and seven, one mm -hmm. and eight, if they lose their next couple of games. It will be under the guise of health. You know, he'll have some little thing that's nagging, and we're going to give him a little time to get that right. But – um, if the guy's one and eight, you got to well, do one and seven. One and seven. If the guy's one and seven and playing as poorly as he has been, and you know the stats are misleading because the stats are okay, uh, but he's not winning ball games. The team's not rallying around him. He's not making important plays at important junctures in the game. And so, as a, as a, as a head coach, you want to see how the rest of the team responds to a quarterback who maybe does make those plays in those moments. And I think if you're going to accurately evaluate 
everybody on the offense. You have to have a quarterback in there who's executing at a higher level in the crunch time moments. If Russell ain't that guy, I can imagine in three weeks they're making the move. We had an interesting muggle conversation in the press room. Mm -hmm. If they were to bench Russell Wilson for a non-injury reason, if that were to happen, should you just cut him? No. Well, no. now, believe it or not, there's precedent. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember when there was precedent for something like that? Do you? No. no. It was a long time ago. But when they went with Tebow over Kyle Orton, they wow. did keep Kyle for a couple of weeks, but they cut him November 22nd. I think they cut Kyle because I do remember that time. Because practice squad beat on, right? He, that's right. He was putting on a, a, a number 54 or something. Yeah. He was putting on a penny and just walking through that. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was borderline humiliating. Now, depending on the salary cap implications, that may not work. Um, well, I was – and that's what I was asking the media muggles about. Like, is there some sort of reason that there's a difference between cutting him – now and moving on from him. And nobody could think of anything financial that would be different. Like the situation is all kind of the same. There is some injury sort of language and money sort of stuff with injuries rather than just being cut. But guys, I think they could just, frankly, cut him. And it would be, it would be no different than just moving on from another quarterback at the end of the year. If you're cut before June 1st, wouldn't all his – dead cap money be on the 2024 cap because if you go after June 1st and it's spread between 24 and 25. Yeah, but if you keep him past March to start of the new year, you guarantee right. his 2025 35-ish million dollar salary. They can't do that. Okay. So you don't you don't really have that June sort of option with Russ. You got to make your mind up way before that. And then it was like, well, you would you would improve the locker room if you just cut him and our guy Mike Kliss was like, "Who I'm not going to say Mike cursed. He cursed. What? But who, who cares about that? <laughs> and it was like, you know, you are right. It's a professional locker room. It's yeah. not college. It's not high school. Guys get over things quickly, Nate. They get over things quickly. I'm going to make a case for cutting or not, not cutting him. Okay, Benching him, but it. keeping him around. Um, he can still throw the ball pretty well, right? And he's moving around pretty well. So what's going on between for him? It's between the ears. He's having a psychological issue for whatever reason. He is disconnected from the old playmaker that he used to be. How do you reconnect him to that? There is a precedent for benching a guy to light a fire under his ass, D-Mac. And so maybe that's what benching Russell could do. Make him realize, oh my gosh, uh, there are consequences for me playing poorly, and he's played very poorly. One in five so far this year. Four and eleven last year. That's bad. He's suffered no consequences from it yet. He's never been benched. No. Maybe now's the time to bench him. Send him a message. He can run scout team, and he'd do so enthusiastically. You can imagine him suiting up as as a linebacker or something at practice, Oof. or oh, running down know. on kickoff. Come on, guys! Believe, believe, believe it, believe it. They but, hate Russell. I don't too. know, brother. I yeah. don't know. No, no. I, it, I don't know. If you bench Russell Wilson, it's a permanent move. You're making this move for the rest of the season, barring injury. <laughs> It is not bench you for two weeks, in my opinion, and then bring him back. And maybe some time on scout team will get you to refocus. <laughs> what I, I, love, I, love, I love how Nate has benching Russ, Russ turns into Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what if Jared Stidham plays even worse? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, then we got to go back to the guy who wasn't playing quite as well. Well, but winning might not be the most important thing in the world. But if you believe, like, like uh, Sean does, that they could be the Detroit Lions from last year and be building towards some sort of – Moment where they, you know, get over the hump and start to realize they're winning ways and get on a a, a run at the end of the year that 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 carries you into the next year. 
Come back into the screen. It carries you into next year because the Lions, <laughs> the Lions. Carried yourself out of the screen. The Lions finished 2022 as the hottest team in the NFL. They didn't make the well, playoffs. you know. They didn't make the playoffs, but they finished as the hottest team. They did. And now they're still hot. So maybe the Broncos can do the same relative well, to the season. You'd have to win against the Packers to even have a shot at that. Haven't we been saying that every week? And we yeah. have. But every week has changed. We've gone from, okay, fun season, let's make the playoffs, 12 wins, you know. Mm-hmm. Weren't you 12-win, Nate, at some no, point? that was James Merrillat. James Merrillat? No, right. no, dude. Okay. I was like six or seven. Oh, well, okay. You're smarter than the average bear. How but, smart is the average bear? Pretty damn smart. You know this? Uh, bears are pretty dope, man. Do they shit in the woods, though? Every time. Have you ever seen a bear shit? Yes. You have? Uh-huh. You've watched a bear shit in the woods? No. I don't, I don't, I don't so, they, so then that, state, that saying could be inaccurate. All I'm saying is maybe there's this anomalous situation where the bear actually goes out and shits on the road or shits in a river. How do you know the bear shits in the wood? Have you ever seen it happen? Well, we know two things. Um, Chad has seen a bear shit in the woods. And he's seen two snakes have sex. <laughs> On the same day. <laughs> okay, um, so that's where we were at today with the Broncos. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson said uh, he's fine to throw the ball down the field, but if it's not there, he's just going to check down. And, you know, there's a lot of rolling Ooh. eyeballs to that one. Mm-hmm. And um, so what's the deal with throwing the ball down the field? Right. So is he, was that a tip to throw the wide receivers on the bus to deflect some blame? Um, mm. what, what was that? He on? doesn't trust his receivers to go catch that right. thing, man. It's very simple. It, if I'm like, if, if my quarterback b- believes in me and trusts that I'm going to catch the ball, he'll throw it up even if I'm covered okay. because he knows that I'm going to go up and get that thing. A 50 50 ball is not a 50 50 ball. If my ball skills are superior to your ball skills, mm-hmm. I've got better ball skills. I'm taller. My catch radius is better. My hands are better. So I'm going to get it thrown up to me even when I'm covered, even when you're faster, even when you're in my hip pocket. Unless my quarterback doesn't believe I'm going to catch it, unless he believes my hands suck and I have bad ball skills. And it's going to get picked off. To me, that's what Russell is saying. Okay. Uh, you're, agree with that. you're probably right about that. Yeah. And that brings us up to a more trade talk. And the vibe out there still was Josie Jewell and Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're putting the uh, over-under players at one and a half. I don't know how you get a half a player. but Jerry Judy. Wow. 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 I'm sorry. Okay. Boom. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of ways on October 31st. Yep. And that was – and then the Packers, I looked at the Packers. The Packers aren't a great team. No. No, they're no. nothing special. No. Uh, you guys look at the Packers, think about the Packers. None special. What are they, two and four? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. they had one nice no, win. No, they're, they're two and three. They've so actually, they had their bye. Yeah. Yeah. They had a nice win at the beginning of the season, a comeback victory. Since then, they haven't really done much. Jordan Love doesn't look very accurate. No. He looks like he's making a lot of mistakes. This defense could capitalize on it, and their defense not incredible. They're uneven, like the Broncos are. The Broncos are just more uneven. Let me give you some stats about the Avalanche game last night. We get into some hockey, and you tell me if this is cool or not. Uh, Miko, they won four to one over the Kraken, the team that beat them in the playoffs. Right. Start revenge. Back. That's cool, right? You said it wasn't a revenge game. Wow, well, it wasn't no. revenge. Logan O'Connor fought Jordan Everly in the first minute of the game. Right. So that's revenge, right? Well, there. it's revenge for Everly breaking Andrew Cogliano's neck. Right. Yeah, so the bad blood carries over. It did. And it has guys, to be settled. Do you guys like that about hockey? That there's like, we can't fight now because it's the playoffs, but next year we're going to fight because you just did that. Do you yeah. guys like that? I have always been against fighting hockey, but now that I'm a more of a hockey guy, yeah, I'm into it. The frontier justice of hockey 
um, is awesome. Like, they knew. The that dude business. knew. They put in Logan O'Connor. He's a fourth-line guy. Yeah. But they put him in in the first minute of the game yep. to fight this Everly guy. Yep. And that was that. You like it? I love it, man. There are consequences for your actions if you break the rules. Uh, the unspoken rules, which they did, you got to pay. You got to pay, and I'm glad that they don't forget. So, Logan O'Connor, who had the hardest time scoring any goals, scored a shorthanded goal on top of fighting Everly. That was cool. They were down one nothing. They came from behind. Kale McCarr got his 250th point. You get a point for a goal and an right. assist. That is the fastest any defenseman games. In, in NHL history has done that. Yeah. That's a cool thing, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Okay. Consistency. They scored their 11,000 goal in organization history. Miko Rantanen got 11,000 goals. That's a cool thing. But I'm going to give you the craziest stat about the Az game last night. They won in regular season action their 14th road game in a row. Now, wow. you got to go back to last year, right. and you tag on these three games. That ties the Buffalo Sabres, so one more road win, and they'll actually break the NHL record. <laughs> to me, for a team that got bounced out of the playoffs in the first round, to think about how good they were on the road at the end of last season, to me is remarkable. What does it say to you guys about a team that's able to be so good on the road? Um, weren't they really good on the road in the playoffs than the they Stanley Cup? They were better on the road. Right, so uh, I think it's a variety of things. It's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint it because you don't know what their travel routine is like. Number one, I would say uh, fewer distractions on the road. Okay. You know, you really get to focus as a team and go there as a team. And, you know, you don't have anyone staying at your house or people b bothering you. You can go just focus on winning a game. Um, and it's just Jared Bednar, man. His messaging is very tight with these guys in the veteran leadership that has these guys not fucking around on the road at all, minding their P's and Q's, getting to bed early and doing things the right way. And then making it a badge of honor to go into home or an uh, uh, away ice and shut everybody the fuck up. You know what was um, cool? I think you guys are going to love this. They stayed an extra day in San Jose after the game. And it's like, oh, maybe just stay away from Seattle down the Chushkin. No, <laughs> what they really were doing, they had tea times at Pebble Beach. Oh, wow. So they nice. spent an extra day. So a good chunk of the guys played golf at one of the most exclusive golf clubs in the world at Pebble Beach. That's team that, bonding. That is, right? That's team bonding. Right? That's big time. Huge. How would you feel if the Broncos stayed a day later after their trip to play, you know, the Niners and went and did that. Did they just beat the ass out of the uh, Niners? No, they lost. Then I don't know how I feel about it. Beat but I feel ass or beat the ass out Well, of I don't Wait, even know you, what that expression means. <laughs> That's a bad expression on my part, not their part. No, I would be... Let's go beat the ass out of these guys. <laughs> I. <laughs> what does that look like, coach? <laughs> I do know some teams, Bill Belichick has done it, Keeps the team on the road if yeah. they have, like, well, Seattle, I don't know if you guys ever did it, but, I mean, I I know Belichick has done it. He's kept them out out at Air Force Academy to practice when yep. they've had West Coast games. Yep. So I'm, I'm all for that sort of, that, to me, team bonding is way better than egg toss field fucking day that they've done in the past. I mean, I think that's high. Because, field first of all, you gotta, you've got to kind of earn it a little bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're still going to Pebble Beach if you just lost. I mean, I guess you got to make some sort of arrangements, 
But to me, listen, I think that that stuff is great. I'm a big fan of it. The Niners are at the Greenbrier in North Carolina when they have back-to-back East Coast trips. Yep. So this is a major NFL thing with back-to-back trips opposite coast. And I, I, I feel like the Jags just played two uh, mm. games in, in London. London. They yeah. stayed there. Of yeah. course, yeah. They're not and they beat by. the Bills who flew in on Friday. Yeah. And that's an unfair advantage, though. <laughs> just stay re- there for two weeks and be yeah. acclimated. Yeah. It was ridiculous. The Bills didn't even have a ch- – that's dumb. Mm-hmm. I can't believe the Bills even did that. And it was a huge advantage for the Jaguars on that particular mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. All right, we have opening night for the Avalanche tomorrow night. Um, late game, it's on ESPN. Uh, the Nuggets didn't even try last night. Uh, they, they didn't play any of their starters. The Clippers played their starters, so who gives a crap how that game went? And they played now their exhibition game. And you're talking about snakes again, Nate. So um, we'll check you, check you out. We'll kill you the truth in the morning. Guys, final words. Best thing you're going to do tonight, Nate. Hang out with my boy, uh, rake some more leaves. They keep falling, man. I've got huge fucking trees, and the leaves keep falling. That's why they call it fall. Chad? Because that's what the leaves do. Uh, I think I'll be cooking some scallops uh, perfectly. What goes with scallops? What drink goes with scallops? Uh, It'll be some uh, lemongrass, coconut, uh, cauliflower rice. (laughs) I am going to pretend. I'm going to pretend that I like Survivor. And The Amazing Race, those are the only two TV shows my wife watches. Honey, do time. Honey on the couch. So I pretend the best that I care. Um, but we do care about you. Thanks. We'll see you later. Nate? <laughs> Bears in the woods. <laughs>